Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The video arcade is down the street. Here we just sell small rectangular objects. They're called books. They require a little effort on your part and make no beep, 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 beeps. On your way, please. I know books. I have 186 of them at home. Ah, comic books. No, I've read Treasure Island, The Last of the Mohicans, Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, 20,000 Leagues on the Sea, Tarzan. Obviously, you must be oblivious. Sleeping dragon, no such thing as coincidence. Cheshire cat with a sexy cool. My big throw the mic cause he's still fucking rules. Got a new show and a little bit of time to show you what it's like without a number one mind. Bring a few friends, maybe a few or two. Let the obviously oblivious into you. Obviously oblivious with the mic and evil Cheshire cat. And now, SPP fortified. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to obviously oblivious 0073. I am the mic and. With me this week is another special guest. Remember a couple weeks ago we did the uh, interview show with Most Jeff from Top Dead Celebrity. This week I'm doing it again. And my guest this week is uh, author C.J. Bilbury. And we, you can call him Jason. And he does the uh, the Good Soldier and Berserker books that we talk about on the Mediocre Show a lot, which, you know, is very cool. And uh, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. I'm very glad to be here. Actually, I want to thank you for coming on the last two nights. <laughs> Because, yeah, yeah, as you know, I as posted on Twitter and Facebook where I was bitching about it. We got done with the show. I went to export fucking hard drive crashed and a wonderful show. It was a great show, by the way. Congratulations to you. A, it was a lot of fun. A wonderful show will never be heard again. So I got some new questions tonight. So it's not stale or anything. And uh, we're going to try to do it. Take do. Is that what they say? Do. I don't even know. Some people might. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just know Hot Shots Part Two. That's all I know. So, all right, we'll get started off with uh, with one of my questions right off the bat, and that would be, how long have you been writing? And not writing like like since kindergarten. I mean, like writing stories. Well, I I've been writing stories off and on, not since kindergarten, but not far off. Uh, um, I do remember writing a lot of stories in grade school. Uh, convinced that I was going to someday, you know, do something with them. But back then it was going to be a comic book writer. Um, Later on in college was my first actual book. And uh, I wrote it out longhand. Oh boy. It was was based on uh, a character I'd created for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I'm I'm willing to admit that now, but I got to start somewhere, Jason. Yeah, it's well, I mean, I always figured, you know, if you have a good character run with it, and uh, so I did, and I wrote the whole damn thing out, and uh, 400 plus pages. And Nuts. I found it again about 10 to 15 years later, and it was so disappointing. <laughs> but but I knew I could do it, and that's what was important, is that it showed me I could write a book from start to finish. Well, you should hold on to that and like uh, enter it into a computer sometime, just so like a thousand years from now, people say, this was the first novel written by C.J. Bilbrey. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll let them find the old handwritten copy in like, you know, it can be a treasure for someone. Yeah. Like an antiques roadshow though. Like say it's like worth like $10 billion or something like that. That'd be cool. Be ridiculous. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, where'd you go to college at? I actually went to college, uh, in Southern Illinois, a place called Greenville college. And I was back when I was studying to be a, a pastor. Oh, really? You were, wait, wow. Yeah, I went for uh, two of the four years. I, I quit because I realized that was not the path I should be taking. Um, Especially since the things that you write in your stories probably wouldn't go well in sermons. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to do fire um, and brimstone and all that shit, yeah, I bet you could write the balls off of it. Yeah, don't sin or Vanguard will come and stomp your ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I studied to be a pastor uh, for two years there and... and uh, it was a good, valuable experience. I learned a lot, but yeah, definitely on a different track nowadays. Wow. I, I'm absolutely shocked. That's amazing. Why don't you give everybody a little bit of an idea if they're not familiar with your books? Uh, give them a little bit of an idea what the story is about, where it's headed, because I know it's a series of books. Yes. Yeah. Well, the first book's uh, The Good Soldier, and in it, we meet Angus Dunn. He's uh, an Iraq War vet, young guy. Uh, he's come home and he's unhappy with what he sees. Um, eventually he runs into an old friend who's in some pretty serious trouble and through a series of events ends up trying to help her and, be- and becomes a vigilante, uh, a masked vigilante. And he um, bumbles his way through the first book, meets a lot of interesting characters in the second series. It's the second book in the series, Berserker. We see him a little bit more mature and uh, being put to the test and uh, I'm working on the third book now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually that's what I was doing right before you, uh, before you called me. So was I, was I interrupting genius? I'm sorry. I'll pick it back up where I left. Okay. Off. Uh, I just, you know, I've read, I've read all of the good soldier and it's a fantastic book. It's very well done. Uh, and then I'm halfway through berserker. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, uh, noble, mm-hmm. noble and smoke. I, I love what I've read so far. They're, they're both great books. Uh, they're both very entertaining. They're, they're not, dumbed down but they're not too thinky they're easy for me to to read and understand and like feel a part of it and uh so i appreciate that so thank you for that well no you you kind of nailed exactly what i'm i'm hoping for i mean I, I want the reader to feel a part of it that's that's the most key thing i want you to feel like you're you're there um and in, in the f- first book i want you to feel like you're you're stumbling along with angus making dumb shit mistakes and trying to learn from them in the second book, I want you to feel pissed off with him and, mm-hmm. and scared and struggling. I, I want you to be there. Yeah, I mean, I can relate because I fumble through everything. And then, you know, I do vigilante justice at night, but I don't wear a mask. I just wear my cadet hat, and it <laughs> totally throws people off. Yeah, it wouldn't because I wear the cadet hat all the time. Uh, I do have to say there is also the connection of uh, you wrote the mediocre show into the, into the books, and uh, that makes me feel a really big part of it, too. So thank you for that as well. Well, Angus, um, you know, the, the guy who is Vanguard, yeah. I should say that, um, he's a big podcast fan. And so he's going to be listening to the best podcasts that are out there. So, oh, you're, you're being too kind. That's <laughs> how did, uh, how did, uh, well, let me ask you that. How did you get into, you've been listening to mediocre show for years and years and years. I don't know the exact account, but how, uh, how did you get into the mediocre show? Well, from our own podcasting, it's, uh, I got to blame my wife. She, um, or thank your way, wife. <laughs> way back in the day when podcasts were still young, um, she we had some friends 
tell us about their friends who happen to be Don and Drew, who do still do a show to this day. I yeah, think. I'm familiar with. Um, so friends of friends, and we listened to their show, and we thought, oh my god, we have to try this. Or more specifically, my wife said that, and I, I followed along, and it turned out to be a hell of a lot of fun. But in the process. We were trying to check out what other shows are out there. And one of the first shows she found was The Mediocre Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually remember sitting down in front of the computer with her and listening uh, to to the show and, and hearing it was Eric and Taylor at that point. Yeah, it's way back. So, yeah, I, I think they were the that was the second show I listened to after Dawn and Drew. And, and I've stuck with The Mediocre Show ever since. Well, thank you. Thank you for being so supportive and uh, and not going anywhere. And, you know, again, and putting us in a book, I mean, that makes, you know, you always want to see like something you do on TV or in the movies or in a book in print and, uh, to actually like to hold it and read. I think that's really cool. And I must've, I must've read that part like six times in a row. Well, I mean, in, uh, in the good soldier, there's, there's a mention uh, two or three times. I think a a hoodie might appear. Mm -hmm. Um, the second book, the mediocre show actually plays a very key part. Um, and, uh, you know, for that, I'm, I'm grateful. So, <laughs> um, so what inspired you to write the books? Well, once again, it actually ties back to role-playing. Um, the character Vanguard Angus Dunn was, was a role-playing character in a, in a test game I did. I have a friend who creates independent role-playing games. So he, uh, actually it's the same friend who appears in the books, a character named Chris, but, uh, he, so he created the games and I played Angus and later on I, when they were telling me I needed to start writing because to take it back, I wrote the book in college and that was the last I really wrote for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, fo- I focused on drawing cause I figured, well, I'm, I'm better at it. It's easier. Uh, you get a drawing done a lot faster than you do a book. And, uh, I dabbled around with it and did a lot of independent freelance work. Um, Needless to say, it never really went anywhere. Uh, but my my friends, as we were writing and working on the role playing games, they were like, "You you're a better writer than you are artist." You well, know thanks, that, right? guys. <laughs> They're like, which was, and I kind of thought I was a pretty good artist, and so I was going to take that as an extra compliment instead of insult. So <laughs> they, but they convinced me to go ahead and start writing, and I decided to use Angus. So you're multi talented. You you're a pastor. You're a uh, art, an illustrator and a, and a writer. Uh, and I play guitar. So yeah, and you play guitar. Um, wow, I, and I can't do any of those things. So good on you. What about uh, the titles of the books? How did you How did you come up with those? Well, the titles. Uh, let's see, the Good Soldier. I didn't. I didn't have a title for that until I was completely done and honestly, like almost ready to publish. I just could not land on a title. And uh, one day I was listening to one of the many soundtracks that I put together for when I write. And uh, the Nine Inch Nails song, The Good Soldier, started yeah, playing. Yeah. I was listening to the lyrics, and I, I realized it actually summed up a lot of Angus's feelings and, and the scars that he still carries from being over in Iraq. And I was like, that's that's the name. That's got to be the name for the first one. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Berserker. Um I, I struggle a lot to find the name for that one. And uh, no, it's not, not named after the Berserker song from the Clerks movie. Um, Would you like <laughs> to suck my cock up? So I, uh, it's actually based because that, that book has a lot of Norse mythology in it. The main villain is uh, he's convinced that his powers 
come from the Norse god Odin. And so Odin was known to, to grant a lot of special powers to some of his warriors and they'd become berserkers. They were just unstoppable forces. And uh, since that is his goal, um, that that's where that came from. But also because to match him, Angus had to do the same, just yeah. cut loose and uh, fight as hard as he can. So it, between, you know, between the Norse flavor and those two sides, it seemed like the perfect name. Yeah, that works with the, with the books. You're through, you're done with two. You're on, you're on the third one. Now, is there a, a message, a theme through the books that you, you want to portray to the, the readers? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, like you said, they're pretty simplistic books. You're not going to find hidden symbolism or, you know, <laughs> anything woven in except for the fact that everybody loves a hero. Everybody needs a hero. And uh, a little further than that, I think that. Except think for Tina also, Turner. I think she said we don't want another hero. I, mean, I, think so. I might yeah. be misquoting her, but I think that's what that song said. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. The other side of it is I think that some people are destined to be heroes. Whether they really want to or not, they've got to do something more. And uh, so Angus is one of those people. And But the flip side is. Everybody hates bullies, and they love to see them get their asses kicked. That's true. So, Very true. I mean, I could speak as a hero. I mean, I, me and Eric did save that woman, whitewater rafting, a few years ago. And it's not something that I was trying to be. It was just something that became, you know? It, you it's just, your destiny, Mike. It, it, just, it just happened. And and now I try to live up to those standards. If anybody ever needs a hero, I, I try to be there for them. It fits well. I believe that. It's like a nice suit. <laughs> So pretty much when Angus, all the experience that Angus is having, having in the books and, and going through, are these experiences that you or somebody you know of has gone through or you're pretty much just writing this off the cuff? Well, I mean, I did have the experience where my own superpowers blossomed when I was about 13. Um, <laughs> and I, um, other than that, though, it was all of the, the backdrop that you see in those books. Um, those are real. I've, I've set the books in the quad cities, which is where I live. Um, the quad cities in case anybody, well, um, the majority of everybody probably has no idea. It's, um, two cities that are set on either side of the Mississippi river. Um, two of the cities are in Illinois. Two of them are in Iowa. Okay. I knew the Iowa ones. I didn't know that Iowa and Illinois shared four cities. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was the quad cities. It's uh, rock Island and Moline on the Illinois side and Bettendorf and Davenport on the Iowa side. And, uh, they're all really honestly kind of one big shoved together city with the river dividing them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been here for, I've been here for 12 or 13 years now. And, um, 11 of those years I've worked in social work. Okay. And I, I ran, I've run a couple of homeless shelters now and the people I met, the situations I saw, um, the, the things I learned, uh, I just knew it had to be the backdrop and the, the setting for, for Vanguard's uh, time as a vigilante. A lot of the people you'll read about are, are very, very much based on either one or two or three people all crammed together. Um, but yeah, I, I soaked up a lot during those years. Huh. So the Quad Cities made famous by Quad City DJs and now you, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I know I can never match the Quad City DJs, but I've got to try. Well, let me ask you this. So when I think I've never really been in the Midwest, 
But when I think Midwest, even if it's a city, I don't think of anything really hardcore. Maybe Chicago or St. Louis, like East St. Louis. But, I mean, is there a lot of crime and a lot of seedy places in the Quad Cities? Yeah, you might be surprised. Um, Where we sit right along Interstate 80, and I actually um, did a lot of research on this, like why there's some exceptional crime that goes on in the Quad Cities. Um, we're about three hours from Chicago, and anything heading to Chicago passes through here first, or anything coming out of Chicago heading west comes through here. Okay. And um, there's some heavy gang activity, so many drugs, it's crazy. And um, I mean, everything everything from like human trafficking to, you know, whatever passes through here. So plenty of things for a vigilante to do, to keep him busy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, my next question actually was the third book in the series that you, you mentioned you're working on now. Uh, what's what's can you give us a little taste of what's happening there? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, as I mentioned in the first one, he's an amateur. He's starting out, uh, fumbling his way through. I, I, I don't even think, you know, as the writer, I don't always know what Angus is thinking, but I don't, I don't think he knew that he was going to stay a vigilante. Um, even in book two, you see him embrace the role a little bit more, really strive to see what he can do. In book three, you're gonna you're gonna find a, a more mature hero. He knows his town. He knows his his routes. Uh, he know he has his contacts out there. You know who work with him occasionally. Um, you're gonna see a guy who's growing up. He, he's gonna of course face you know harder than ever challenges, to, and he's gonna need it everything he's got. But he gets um, more done with less work. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is good because uh, the one spoiler I'll give, he's had two books now to, to make the news, uh, have rumors start about him. I mean, because if you imagine, if you had a real guy running around like this, word would get around. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it, it does. And so um, the government spend, sends a special little team to start checking in on him. And that's, that's one of the main plot points of book three. Okay. Government always getting fucking involved. They're in everybody's business. Yeah. Only just keep your fucking to themselves, damn government. What about, uh, what, what books have you read in your life that, that influenced you to, to want to write yourself? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Um, back when I was young, um, I read a, a hell of a lot of those Dungeons and Dragons books and stuff that are out there. Uh, but those led me to better books, uh, like Robert E. Howard's Conan series. Yeah, Conan, yeah. Um, those were, those were some great books. Those were uh, back from like the thirties or forties, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were written in early thirties. Uh, and then the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, uh, the Tarzan books and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I, as I got older, I read a lot of, I mean, I've read comics the entire time. No doubt about that. Um, I think a lot of writers say comics too. Nowadays, especially, I think they're better than anybody would give them credit for. You've got writers like uh, Joss Whedon, who wrote the Avengers movie. Yeah, Joss Whedon's awesome, dude. He's written some of the best comics I've ever read. Um, and so that, that along with um, a lot of the writers that I enjoy today, guys like Lee Child, who writes uh, just a fantastic series that I've actually taken a lot of inspiration from. What's that? Lee Child writes a book about an ex-military cop. Um, named Jack Reacher, who just sort of roams the land, putting putting wrongs to right. You know, um, that solo, like lone lone wolf kind of guy. Okay, 
but he does it so well. He What's the name of the series? I mean, um, I, just the Jack Reacher novels, okay. I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, if you like that kind of thing, Lee Child is definitely your man. Um, I was actually, that was one of the best compliments I've ever had in my life when Eric um, compared me to Lee Child. I was, it was just like out of the blue and it was like being compared to the Rolling Stones if you're a rock star. <laughs> so that was a pretty good compliment. Um, well, I know he's going to hear this and now put a big smile on his face. Oh yeah. He, he definitely made my day with that. Um, but a, a, another writer who I know it's probably cliche to mention him at this point, but Stephen King has influenced and inspired me so much. The guy's descriptive methods and the way that every character seems three-dimensional. It made me see that, okay, it can be done which means I need to do it. See, I wish you wouldn't have to say that it was cliche or, or, or when people, when you hear our, uh, when you hear writers talk about their stories, uh, when you hear writers talk about books that they read, sometimes people like bring up Stephen King in a negative light. And I never get that. I mean, uh, here's a guy that when I was younger, I read a lot of Stephen King and, uh, some of my favorite books were done by him, like, uh, uh the green mile or Shawshank, which was amazing. Or eyes of the dragon, which oh, I fucking love that book. That's probably my favorite book of all time. And I mean, here's a guy that had like what 86 of his stories turned into like movies or miniseries. He knows what he's doing. He, he knows how to bring you into the book. And a lot of people just, I don't know if it's that haterism in people, but they, Oh, Stephen King, I don't read that, but it's not just all guts and gore and, and scary shit. There's actually, it's, it's, there's well-developed stories. It's, I like Stephen King. He's a, he's a hell of a storyteller. I, I agree. And I think that, I think that what you're referring to that haterism comes from people who would probably hate my stuff too. Um, if it's not literature, then it's garbage as far as they're concerned. And I disagree. Well, that's horseshit um, because a lot of, in that case, half the shit that turns into great books or even movies and shit, that, that would be stuff that you would never even read or know about if you didn't do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but uh, King has written, I mean, like his uh, Dark Tower series, mm -hmm. the finest, the finest series I've ever read in my life. And I'll, I'm sure I'll read it again and again. I've already think I've already read it three times or four times. Wow. <clears throat> but I mean, it's it's a tapestry that weaves together everything he's ever written, actually, including the Eye of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. um, remember, remember Flag? Flag? Yeah, I know he's a main character in those books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he comes, he, you know, from the stand to to Eye of the Dragon. I mean, he he's pulls them all together. He's such an evil ass, man. Yeah, yeah. But no, his his ability to paint a picture with words, um, I I'm going to continue to strive to do that my entire writing career. I mean, if I can call it a career. Well, I think but, what uh, you're doing so far, you stick with it because I'm enjoying it. And I'm not, I'm you know, I, I know I have you on the show for an interview, but I'm not just saying that. It's like when I came up with the, the idea as to what to do in off weeks of double O. And I thought about doing interviews. I wanted to do interviews with people that, you know, I was a fan of that. I appreciated like most Jeff last time and you this time. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to a Dutch who does the cartoon work for the artwork for the shows. And uh, a couple of weeks from then I'm going to be talking to another, to another writer, Brian Young, who wrote one of my fucking favorite books of all time as well. And so when I say I really enjoy what you're doing, I'm, I honestly, I hope I get across it to not only you, but to the listeners too. I'm not just having some dude on the, on the show to talk his books. I really wanted to get to know more of you. This is a lot for me too, you know? Oh no, I mean, I appreciate it. And I, and I definitely understand that I'm, I'm being 
interviewed with the likes of, of most Jeff Anderson and Neil Tyson. Um, I'm feeling pretty privileged, man. Yeah. How about that? Not many people could say they've been on a show with Neil Tyson. I mean, it's yeah. like six degrees of separation or something. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll put that in my resume. <laughs> um, what about, are you reading any books right now? I am actually, um, I'm actually finishing up, uh, rereading a Lee child book right now. Um, I don't know what I'm going to read next. I'm going to, I'm kind of browsing the shelves looking for something. I got what one about for you. you? Uh, I know I got it. I got a book for you. I'll get to your question in a second, but I got a book for you to read next. Okay. I mentioned Brian young a couple minutes ago. Yes. Lost, Lost at the, the con. con dude. That I, book uh, is fucking outstanding. Like yeah, I rolled gonna, my eyes. That's how good it is. I'm going to be, I'm going to be downloading that. That's, I know it's available for, uh, it's ebook and I'm, uh, I don't actually have an e-reader, but my stepson does. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be stealing that from him and, uh, that's going on there. Yeah. I would, I would definitely recommend it. It it is, it's well-written. It's, it's relatable. It's a great story. Like the, the main character is kind of an asshole, but you kind of get to love him and yeah, it's a great book. Fantastic. Good deal. But you said about what, what would you ask me about? What books do I read? Yeah, well, I said, well, you know, you're you've enjoyed enjoyed what I've written. I'm curious what else you've enjoyed. Okay, um, well, I read a lot. I read a lot of Stephen. When I first started reading, it was, uh, I I read books like easy books, not because I guess because I didn't want to get too involved in something. I wanted to read something fun. So when I was younger, I read stuff like Roll Doll books, like uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The BFG, Danny Champion of the World. Um, the witches, you know, a lot of stuff that because Roald Dahl is great. I just his books were so much fun to read, and and where he took you into this this uh, universe that you know takes you away from where you are now, where anything is possible. I always loved reading those books, and um, then I moved on. Yeah, I read some Stephen King, and that's how I came across Eyes of the Dragon and Thinner and the Dark Tower series, and uh, I've read so many of his books. Um, I guess you know I read the Harry Potter books, and I've read. Uh, Lord of the Rings and and all kinds of stuff like that. The Mitch Album books. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar with Mitch Album? No. Um, he was a he was a sports writer in Detroit, and then he started writing these. Uh, you know, I guess they're kind of. And, and I'm not an overly religious person at all, but they're kind of like afterlife. Like uh, the one book's called uh, Seven People You Meet in Heaven," and it was a book about the guy, uh, the people that he met when he passed on. And there's a, oh okay. He, he had a couple books that were sort of along the same lines and I, they were very i don't know i guess they just get, got that part of you that wants to believe in afterlife and stuff like that that got mm-hmm. kind of get to, got to me that i felt that I, I i liked those books a lot and then um I, my favorite series of books of all time and it's a shame because the movie and the video game killed them was the uh the aragon and the inheritance cycle um that I, is that is a bummer i i haven't read those i uh but I, I've heard how good they are, and oh man, that would be disappointing to have a great book series and have a bad director or whatever get a hold of that. That would be a bummer. Yeah, and it really pisses me off because, like, I before the movie, I would recommend people this, the series, and they'd start reading it and they loved it. And now, you know, I'll recommend and people are like, well, that movie was terrible. I'm not going to read it. And and it's just such a shame for for Christopher Paolini, I believe his last is his last name. Um, he writes. Uh, Aragon was a great book, and then it goes into the second book, and the third book, and, the, and now the fourth book. I mean, it was supposed to be three books, but the third one got so long, he released it as two. And okay. the, his storytelling is uh, just, it's like Lord of the Rings meets Harry Potter meets fucking Conan. I mean, it's just so many different stories. 
into one and the fantasy of being able to be a dragon rider and and the world that he created as a 16 year old i mean it's just it's it's mind-blowing this series and it's a shame that now people will be like well you know i really i didn't like the movie but if, if you're listening to this right now that's another series of books that i don't know how you could you know end up on your deathbed and look back and say well it's okay that i didn't read those because i think it's a must read i really do yeah, I mean, going back to Stephen King, he's had plenty of that happen to him too. Uh, just absolutely horrible movies and shows and stuff made from his stuff. So hopefully that uh, the guy who writes Aragorn can recover and and just you know not let it drag him down. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to what. I mean, I wish he would stay with the series, but I understand like you, uh, you being a writer, you can't define your career by a like a series. Uh, what is has J.K. Rowling done anything besides Harry Potter? And the, no, the Beatle so Barb? I mean. I mean, I guess you can these days. You can if you've got a you've got a really good character and you got continue the readership. And as long as you keep the passion, that's what's important. I think, that, but the, yeah, that's what I, that's where I was going. I mean, as a writer, would you want to write thirty stories about Vanguard, or would you want to come up with different characters and try a different storyline? I don't know yet. I do actually have another another book series, or at least one in my head uh, that I'll probably write after I do the fourth vanguard book um it's way bigger than me right now and i I'm got a lot of digesting to do on that mm-hmm. the ideas um it has to do with a kind of a future civil war in america and what happens afterwards um but i don't know i i can see me writing vanguard for a, for a while at least um i'm sorry i guess what i was saying was that i can understand people wanting to try something different not wanting to oh, yeah. just be defined by one thing no, I, I can see that too. Um, it's going to happen though. I mean, to a degree, a, a writers, if they write a series, they're probably going to be defined by that to some degree. Hmm. And uh, so far I'm okay with that. What, <laughs> what about, um, is there anything in your writing style or writing your books that you find uh, particularly difficult? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, one, one thing about my style that um, frustrates me and, and makes things tough, but I, I don't think I'll ever be able to change it. And I don't know how I want to. Um, it's the fact that despite the fact that it's kind of a fantastical, you know, a fantastic character set in a realistic background. I mean, he has powers to a degree um, that, you know, he's from a advanced um, evolutionary stage called the, the progeny. And so I've got that sci-fi aspect to it but every other detail in the books i want to be as real as humanly possible so if there's details on a gun or a about a drug or a particular lifestyle or anything i want it to be dead on the nose accurate okay and that can slow me down and frustrate me at times i think it's worth it okay what about do you ever like change the story midway through and then have to go back and and try to take away the things that make you contradictory or i mean has that happened a lot oh yeah oh yeah that's that's, that's why i'm glad i don't write books longhand anymore yeah um because i don't i don't write like i know some authors um write an outline and have their entire book mapped out before they start writing and i just i don't think i can do that i it I remember back in school, we'd have to do that, and it was so boring to me. I, I like my characters and my story to surprise me while I'm writing it. So because of that, there are times that I'll be so surprised, I have to go back and change a bunch of stuff. Yeah. and But it's worth it. It keeps things free. And, um, you know, I mean, I'll write myself into a corner, 
and I'm not sure how Angus is going to get out of it. Huh. And I think that's what makes the stories fun because I have to think up like, or let him think up how to resolve it. Yeah. And if I had a structured, structured story, I don't think that spontaneity would happen. No, I don't. Yeah. I think I would, I guess I would have to, I mean, I'm not a writer, but I guess I could agree with that. So who, um, do you uh, edit your books or do you have like your wife help you or your son or, uh, or do you have somebody else helping with that stuff? I have a, a few different people. Um, one, uh, one I'll mention by name and hopefully he'll hear this Dustin Manling, who I know is a, an avid listener. of. Yeah, I know uh, Dustin. Yeah. He's a good yeah. dude. Yeah, he's he's become a good online friend of mine, and he's also a writer, so we exchange things quite a bit. He's he's a really good writer, and I, I'm looking forward to what he continues to do. But he's given me some good feedback, a few different people. Um, my buddy Chris, who appears as Angus's friend, um, has also done some editing for me. But primarily, and you'll see as you read, I'm I'm the main editor. <laughs> so there, uh, and since I'm publishing things through Amazon. Um, doing it all myself. Um, every page you see is laid out by me and the errors and the gems are there for it. You know? Yeah. Well, that's all right though. You got to love what Amazon does though. I mean, it's amazing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm not a writer, but just the idea of, of that service. So Amazon started off, they started off basically as an online book company, right? And then they became this site that sells everything in the world. I mean, everything I buy online, with the exception of like uh, my electronic cigarette liquid and stuff, I buy it on Amazon. Everything I want is there. And then to to embrace where their roots came from and to be able to to help out, you know, aspiring writers for publishing. And I, I just think that is a wonderful fucking service. And I and I tip my hat to to them for that. Oh yeah, me. I mean, I wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm doing. I would still have two manuscripts sitting in my computer files doing nothing. And I, I, frankly, I probably would have given up by now because uh, maybe it's, I think it, I'll blame it on the genre. It, it can't possibly be my writing no. that I don't have, that I don't have an agent or anything yet. I, this is all me and I wouldn't be able to do anything I'm doing without Amazon. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it's, it's, it's so fucking cool. And, and to be able to, to, I mean, you said you would have probably quit by now. I mean, to have that, you know something to hold in your hands with your name on it it's your story it's your book and to be able to actually have it look at it and put it up on a shelf i think that's awesome it, it feels really good i just had a, a box of of 10 books arrive today that i'm going to give out to some people and, and all i did when i first opened the book is just or open the box of books is just you know kind of stare at it and pet it a little bit and <laughs> so you see the really cool front covers which my next question actually was who designs the covers for your books is that you you said you were an illustrator yeah, yeah. Um, in the first book, I there's only two illustrations in the first book, not counting the cover, um, and that's because I didn't know that I would be able to include illustrations. Okay. Um, so, but I I drawn just for fun. I drawn Vanguard and the Axeman both in different scenes, and um, so I put him in there when as soon as I found out I could. And then for the second book, I wanted to I wanted to have more, you know. So I actually I have four illustrations in it. And um, the cover, though, I have to give a lot of credit. I drew it, but my stepson put a lot of really fantastic effects. He inverted everything and cleaned it up, and and so you it's, know, it's chilling. That, it's a chilling image. Yeah, that uh, that stark tree uh, backlit with the nine nooses. nooses. Yeah, like uh, what, what's the significance of that? 
the okay i mentioned earlier that the the main villain um it, it's a it's a father and son team in berserker and they're both progeny and they uh the father believes that their their gifts are odin gifted but everything from odin comes with a price and um that price is sacrifice since he was a hanging god that's what uh the villain does is he's he's hanging nine humans that's odin's number is nine okay uh so he's gone through the process he's hanged nine other you know nine creatures of eight other um species like bears and the different things and the last sacrifices are humans okay and that's that's where angus comes in um trying to solve the problem um in the meantime a, a gang war starts up that he's having to deal with too but um, it all it all roots, you know, comes back to that hanging tree. That makes sense. You uh, you kind of joked about earlier about uh, it's the genre, not the way you write that you don't have an agent yet. Speaking of which, agents, if you are listening to this show, uh, Jason needs one. I need one. So give us a call. Um, what would you consider the genre of your books? It's a tough one. Um, I compare myself the most to what's known as urban fantasy. Um, and it's, uh, a fantastic idea set in a modern, uh, world that you'll recognize. See, I think urban um, fantasy and I think Batman and Spider-Man because they're in the cities they're in. And that's, and that's what, that's where my head is. But unfortunately there's a whole, and I shouldn't say unfortunately, because I mean, there's a successful thing like books like twilight and, um, actually even Harry Potter to a degree or, or what most people think of when they think urban fantasy, it's magic and okay. spark sparkly vampires and usually lots of romance. So, um, paranormal romance and urban fantasy are the closest thing to mine, except for that. I don't have magic and I don't have romance. So I'm not getting anybody to really look at what I'm, I'm doing because I don't have a, a recognizable genre of novels. Well, not yet anyway. I mean, yeah, we're, we're zomb- on it. the zombie genre wasn't very big and now it's huge. I mean, we keep, keep working that. What about, you mentioned comic books earlier. Do you ever think mm-hmm. about, uh, um, turning this in, into like a comic book series? Yeah. I mean, it's something I would be completely 100% open to. I think it would, it would actually lend itself to that a lot. Um, absolutely. There's, you know, there's lots of action. You got your villains, you got your hero. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I, when I first started reading the first book, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a comic aficionado, uh, but it's kind of, that was the feeling I got from it. Like I could actually, like I was reading it and it was kind of like, I could close my eyes and like see the cells of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Angus Vanguard's never going to be one of your capes and tights heroes, Yeah, but he's definitely, he's definitely a superhero. Yeah. I mean, even, even, I mean, just being a vigilante, I mean, a superhero aside, I mean, there's comic books about stuff that doesn't make any sense to me. So it just seems like it would be a good a good route to go. I mean, I'm not telling you business or anything. It's just a question I had. <sighs> I hope I didn't sound like a dick. <laughs> oh no. And I mean, I'm willing to go a whole range of routes with the books. I mean, I'm writing the books cause I love it, but I'm perfectly willing to make a living at it. So <laughs> however that happens is fine by me. So, so what about, what do they call that? Writer's block. Do you ever get writer's block? Not for a long, not, not a lot. And, uh, I'm glad for that, but it does happen. I mentioned earlier that I'll, I'll kind of write Angus into a corner and then not be sure how he's going to get out. But I, I think that's the fun part. Like I said, um, 
with with this style of hero, you never you never wonder, oh no, are they going to make it? All you can wonder is how are they going to make it? And so sometimes sometimes that'll stump me. I'll be like, oh shit, how's he going to get out of this one? And so I'll just let it go. Um, on my the book I'm writing now, uh, one of the villains has has stumped me because he's a hell of a lot smarter than me, and I want to I want to write him accurately. So I'm taking my time with him and letting letting things develop. But there was about a good three week stretch where I was just stumped. I I just did research and read about things and tried to let inspiration happen. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, I just sat down and started writing again and figured if I didn't like it, I would start over. But yeah, this this particular character is uh, is going to be the hardest one I've written so far. It's like a criminal mastermind, like like. Uh a Walter on Breaking Bad or somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson, really smart, but wanting to do bad things. That's, that's funny that you mentioned Walter from Breaking Bad. Um, I actually have a character in that book, not this particular one who is, who is 100% in my mind, physically based on Walter White. Oh, that's awesome. It's uh, a great show. He's, he's the leader of the, the government group. Um, this, this guy who stumped me is a young guy. Who's going to be a copycat. Okay. Um, of a vanguard and where vanguard has all this physical abilities this guy's brains mm-hmm. and um i relate a lot more to angus i i am not brains for the most part so it's going to be harder to write but i think it's going to really be fun and challenging and be a good uh counter i look forward to it what about um do you, like you write you write all these characters are there any like are there any characters you write that you really like really hate the character like I mean, they came from your mind, and you know you love the character because you you wrote them. But like, like as a, as a person, you just fucking despise them. Oh yeah, yeah. In in the first book, a good soldier, I kind of like everybody, even the worst of them. Um, Mama G, this she's the sixty five year old grandmother, mm-hmm. king, yeah. kingpin of crime. I I fucking love her. She's <laughs> a blast. The Axe Man is my favorite character I've ever written. Hunter is just a smooth motherfucker. But yeah. Book two holds two characters that I can't stand. Um, I mean, I, I like them, and they're perfect for the book, but uh, they're these twins named Irish and Lucky, and uh, they're these meth-dealing, meth-head twins who I based entirely on a couple of guys that I've known. And because I know who those guys were, um, it makes me just loathe the characters. Oh, you more. more. Yeah. So, but the really yeah. beauty of that is like you could kill them off and then basically get away with murder though. That could make you feel good. Yeah. And I'll, I'll let you finish the book and see how that works out. <laughs> okay. I will let you know as soon as I finish it. Um, have you learned anything from writing your book? And uh, if so, what, what, what would it be? Um, what, ex- what exactly are you looking for with that? Like, did I learn any new things or to learn about writing? No, I guess, I guess a better way to ask the question is like, if there were other aspiring writers out there, Oh, okay, yeah. What 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 would your advice be for that? Well, like I said, I mean, there are tools out there that make it possible now. Don't sit around and wait for it to happen to you. Make it happen. Um forever I I I didn't want to write a book because I figured I'd never get it published. I'm never going to, you know, it's never going to happen anyway. But now that's up to you. So all you got to do is write it because that's a writer writes. And then get out there uh, and, and make it happen. Create a space or I think create space. I, I can't remember which way it is. Uh, with Amazon, you can get your book published. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, 
if, if nothing else, you'll get to hold it in your hand like I did and look at it and think how awesome you are. <laughs> so, um, and if it's good, people will tell you. If it's not, learn from that and make it better. I asked Jeff a question along the same lines. Like when you get negative feedback, do you take that completely to hearty? Do you brush it off? I mean, how, how do you handle that whole thing? Like, I mean, to speak from personal experience, uh, I mean, sometimes I take it, I take the good and the bad with a grain of salt. I mean, I love reading the good and the bad stuff. Sometimes, you know, I try to look within on that, but how do you handle it? Well, I've been pretty lucky. Um, the most, my reviews so far have been almost, almost all positive. Um, there is one that really got under my skin quite a bit and I was kind of disappointed in myself with how much it bugged me. But I, I felt a little better when I saw that a lot of other people were bugged by it too. Cause it was a, it was a woman who hasn't, she'd, she'd read 35 pages of the book and then criticized randomly. But the, what it did is it reminded me that, um, yeah, my book's not going to be for everybody. It's a, it's a, it's a harsh, um, look, you know, realistic at an, at an ugly topic. Um, and it's and adult. I, I mean, it's not like porn, but it's an yeah. adult book. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a pot smoking superhero who swears like crazy um, and does a lot of stupid, violent things. So um, that's not going to be for everybody. But that being said, one of my biggest fans is a 70 year old nun. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, all the way to like a 14 year old atheist kid. So, I mean, a wide variety of people have liked him, but that also means there's going to be a wide variety who don't. Yeah. And that's true. That's true. But you know, um, so you wouldn't want to buy, these books for your kids necessarily definitely for yourself or your nieces and nephews. Cause then you could be the cool uncle or aunt. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about, is there anything specific you want to say to the, the readers that you have now or the, the possible readers that would be purchasing your books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those who have not read or, or, uh, purchased my book, you should go ahead and do that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I stand by that 100%. What, what it all comes down to is, uh, thank you to those who have bought or read it. I really I appreciate it. I I love the feedback. It makes my day constantly to see any good any feedback at all. Um, if you haven't, give it a shot. If you, if you're into to heroes, period. If you love seeing a bully get what's theirs, um, if you love seeing someone struggle to become the best they can be, I, this, these books are for you. I can't wait to finish this next one, and then by the time that happens, then I'll be able to read the third one and. And then you'll have the, you're going to have a fourth one in the works, right? Yeah. Yeah. The fourth one's going to kind of bring things. I, I mentioned that there's kind of an arc of him struggling, you know, growing as a hero and as a person through the first three books, the fourth book's going to bring it all back around. Um, okay. I'm looking forward. I can't wait to start it actually, which seems silly since I'm barely into the third. <laughs> so people can buy your books on Amazon paperback and on their Kindle, right? Yeah. Yeah. The easiest way to do that is just look me up by name. Um, because frankly, uh, there are about a billion books called the good soldier. I mm -hmm. found that out a little late. I found that out the hard way. Yeah. So look me up by name, CJ Bilbrey, B I L B R E Y. And, uh, you'll be able to find the paperback and Kindle for the good soldier and same thing for the berserker. See, I know people like to have the physical books in their hands to read, but uh, and I do too. There's certain books that, like, I read a lot of those trivia books that I read by hand that I don't oh, have yeah, on my Kindle. Yeah, the bathroom readers. I love those bathroom fucking things. readers. So there are books that I like to have, like even the Aragon books I have on hard, uh, you know, hardcover to to display that I have. But I think your books are really, really 
I don't want to say designed for Kindle, but they're just, they're really great books to have on your Kindle that, you know, you're sitting in the airport and you have 35 minutes to kill. You have it right there to read it. You're at the doctor's office or you're waiting at the DMV. You know, you can go away from it and come back later that you're not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, they're a fast, fun read. So I, I, you know, I, I buy it on the Kindle. Totally. I, I, um, the only thing is, uh, I don't have the illustrations in the Kindle version on this one. Um, but I do have them in the paperback. However, if you go to my, my Facebook page, you can see all of the illustrations and more. Yeah, no, I, I think you should get both. I mean, that's what I think, but I'm just saying for me personally, I just think they're really, uh-huh. they're great companions to have on my Kindle, um, which I have an iPhone, the Kindle app on my iPhone. And I, I, oh, fucking, nice. I fucking love it. Um, all right. So what about your, your, the, the good soldier Facebook page, your, your Twitter address where people can get a hold of you. Uh, what are those? Well, yeah, you can get, uh, constant updates on, on what, what's going on, uh, on the Facebook page. Just look up the good soldier. I think it, it's one of the few Facebook pages called the good soldier. Um, you can also on Twitter, it's just at CJ Bilberry. Cool. And, yeah. Well, I was telling you it. fuckers to fucking follow him the last couple of days. So you ha- if you haven't done so already, please do it now. Um, Jason, I want to thank you for coming on again tonight. I mean, it's two nights in a row that I took of your time and, uh, I've enjoyed it. Well, I really, I, like I said, I really appreciate it. These are questions that I- I've actually had for you for a long time. And I think this was a good place to do so. And now everybody else gets to know it too. Um, I want to, I want, before you go, I just want to remind everybody that, uh, double O will be back for, uh, our 74th show next Sunday. 7 p.m. live on the Mediocre Radio Network. If you go to that MediocreRadioNetwork.com, you go uh, get in the chat room. Uh, you can listen to the show in there. You can listen on your iPhone, your your uh, your Droid, anywhere. So it's all streaming, and we're there. If you want to give us a live call, we might have a special guest next week. And uh, you want to call on live, it's uh, 484-334-2072. If you want to leave a voicemail about the last double O or this one with Jason, Please do so. I he, I think it'd be great if you could give him your feedback on this show. So please do so. It. Please. I'm begging you people. 206-888-6052. Again, that's 206-888-6052. He, he's a listener of this show as well, and I'm sure he would love to hear what you have to say, not not just about his books, but just about his appearance on the show. Um, uh, also want to remind you that um, you can go to obviously oblivious.com. That takes you to our Facebook page and uh, tweet at us at, at double o podcast or at the mic and then of course which is now tomorrow night uh the mediocre show goes live at 8 p.m on uh, the mediocre radio network and uh join us 808 in the p.m it's gonna be a good time it's always packed in the chat room and uh call in and, and uh, hang out with us jason i said to you last night about picking a song for ending off the show and what was it that you said yeah it seemed appropriate to for the Nine Inch Nails song, The Good Soldier, if, you know, if you've got it. Yeah, it's, it's on my laptop. That makes total sense. So, okay, cool. Well, again, thanks for stopping by. Um, hey, by the way, you're, uh, when you get to Eric's house tomorrow night, uh, the Berserker will be waiting there for you. Awesome. Can't wait to fucking see it, man. Thank you so much. And then when you, uh, when you know, get, the, get the third book out and stuff, stop back and talk to us again. Will do. All right, cool. So for uh, C.J. Bilberry, the author of The Good Soldier and uh, Berserker and books three and four to come, uh, Nine Inch Nails with The Good Soldier, and uh, obviously with his 0073, this is Mike saying night. Night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.